0: You're listening to the Husker Cuz Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer.
1: Welcome to the Husker Cuz Sports Show. Justin here, along with cousins Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on uh, Twitter at Husker Cuscast for all podcast updates and more. Joined with us tonight is Jordan Eggleston of the Eyes on Big Podcast. Welcome, Jordan.
2: Hey guys, thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. So, what has the transition to the Eyes on Big with uh, Jeffrey the Greek been? How's that been?
2: Uh, it, it's it's been a little bit of a whirlwind, but I think I've got my feet back underneath me. As I used to do some podcasting of my own back in the day, so it's you know it's kind of like riding a bike once you get back into it. I think I've got my groove back down, and I think we get along pretty well. We give it yeah. to each other back and
1: That's forth. Great stuff. So we we brought you on to talk Michigan. You are a Michigan guy. And so, so it was like, hey, you know, big game this weekend. So we figured we'd bring you in. We got and the bussin
3: and Boy Bowl, boys. The bus yeah. and Bowl. Hell yeah. I love it. We got El Prez coming to town. I've seen
2: that. Have yeah, I've it, seen it, that on Twitter today. He's gonna be in town. Did you see a shirt he made for the Nebraska fans? I hey, I, I enjoyed that. I thought it was pretty good.
1: It, Make it, Nebraska it, mediocre again. Hey, he's not asking for too much. He's not no. saying good or great. Just mediocre. He'll take it. You know. Who's offended by this?
3: Do you guys I'm see sure Nebraska fans is. offended? No, this is hilarious. This is hilarious. This is great banter. I am all in on the Dave, Will Compton shit talking all week. I am in for that role. So let, let's go on this. Oh, I man. couldn't imagine
2: the conversations in the background between those three guys. Then throw Taylor in the mix. I can't imagine.
1: Yeah, that would be great. All right, Jordan, so from an outside perspective, what are your thoughts on Nebraska through four games so far?
2: Oh, man. Um, well, we've kind of talked through this a little bit on the eyes on Big Pod, but I feel for you guys a little bit because it's it's you look at the defense that Nebraska's put on the field, and it's just like, man, this defense plays its ass off every single game, and they keep them in drives. I mean, you just look at what they did against Colorado. And that game it wasn't anywhere that the score wasn't indicative of what the game actually was like that defense was in the game the whole time, but the offense just kept fumbling away, fumbling away. And it's just got frustrating even to watch it as a non Nebraska fan. So I feel for you guys a little bit because you have an elite defense, in my opinion, I think your defense is extremely good. It's just that offensive continuity. And it doesn't seem like the pieces have gelled together. Now, how much of that is Jeff Sims and his turnover issues and, is that solved a little bit with the quarterback change? We'll find out a little bit more this week, I think. But it's, that, that's my overall thoughts. I mean, it's, it's great to have a great defense, but when your offense doesn't really play that second fiddle to it, it, it hurts a lot.
1: So I know you, I know you and Jeff talked about uh, the quarterback situation at Nebraska. Who do you feel should be starting at quarterback?
2: Man, it, it, the ball is so important, and Harburg hasn't turned it over. So, like, how can you take – if they're both healthy, if both players are equally healthy and there's no injuries involved there, how do you take out the guy that's valued the ball and actually had the offense moving? So, in my opinion, if they're both healthy, you have to go at Harvard. You
1: have to. And we all agree with you. We all agree with you. So. Now
2: I will that throw a tab the there. I am a Chubba just but that's strictly just because I want to be able to say the name Chubba as a quarterback. Like, I just think that'd be fun, but –
1: well, Derek hopes he gives him a chubba. So, you want to see some good ball out of him. I mean, the
2: innuendos with that would just be infinite. So, you have to, like, you have to throw it in there, right?
1: Oh, yeah. So, as a Michigan fan, same question. What are your thoughts on Michigan through four games?
2: Uh, you know, I think our defense has been better than I expected, and the offense has been a little bit worse than I expected. Not to any extreme levels either way. Um. As a Michigan fan, I came into the season, obviously, with extremely high expectations. I mean, with all the returning talent that we brought back, the transfers transfers that we brought in, one of which you guys know extremely well, um, I I have very high hopes for this team. So the the defense has lived up to every ounce of that expectation. Offense has left me wanting a little bit more, but I also have a a realistic understanding that they're probably not overly concerned, and we haven't been matched a whole lot right now because the teams we've played, I mean... We all know the schedule isn't a whole lot. When, when Rutgers is your best opponent, four games in, that tells you what the non-conference schedule looked like. So,
0: I, I, I'd like to ask you a little bit about that, because how disappointed is that for Michigan fans? Because I would be embarrassed having that non-conference schedule. Cause that 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 so, was, especially being the number two team in the country. And, th- and yeah. this is the teams you're scheduled. This is like Baylor type of scheduling right now.
2: It, it depends on the type of fan that you talk to in the Michigan fan base. So the season ticket holders are pissed because they get no good games to go watch non-conference. I mean, the, we had a night game against Bowling Green. It's like asinine. The fans that are like, I just want to win a championship. Love it. They're like, hell yeah. Let's get to the playoff. Anyway, we have to get there. We know that if we win the big 10 we're in. So why risk, uh, a UCLA, like who we're supposed to play, why risk it? So it depends on the type of fan. Me personally, I could care less either way. I want to watch the games. I mean, I don't go to a ton of them. I go to some, so it's like, I'm good either way. Would it be nice to have one game where maybe it was a little bit more of a step up? Sure. But unfortunately administration and money gets in the way of that. Cause we had UCLA on the schedule and the administration wanted more money and they canceled the UCLA series. So that was, and that was on Michigan side. That wasn't
0: UCLA. So. And that that would, that would drive me nuts. I would be, I'd have been pissed about that. Like if, if if Nebraska, if Nebraska had canceled that Colorado game just to get somebody else, I would have been like, this is stupid. Why, why there's are a here? very
2: large portion of the fan base that feels exactly that same way. And then there's the, the I only want a championship part that could care less.
0: But here's the thing about the championship part. Like you could play a Washington and lose that game and be okay. And probably still make the playoff if you in the big 10. Yeah. In theory, you're right. hundred percent.
1: Derek says all that, but he didn't give a shit when Scott Frost was out there trying to cancel the Oklahoma game.
0: I never said <laughs> anything about that. I never said I wasn't mad about that. I know. That's a that's a bullshit statement. But you,
1: you had no problem with it because Scott Frost was behind it. Oh, okay. it was Scott also Frost.
0: it was also a completely different situation where all I wanted to do was make a bowl game. I'm not trying to win national championship.
3: Okay. But if I'm trying to win a national championship, I want to beat the best of the best. Well, let's let's get back to Michigan here, guys. Okay, so <laughs> you, you talked about the start of the season for Michigan. Obviously, all four games so far have been at home. So first test on the road to Nebraska, to Lincoln, how do you feel How do you feel the confidence level is for the first time this team hitting the road this year? I would
2: much rather this game be somewhere else. I mean, Lincoln is an amazing environment. Memorial Stadium is an amazing environment. Obviously, I've never personally been there, but I know people that have been there. I know people that were there for the last time we were there two years ago said that environment is crazy. Um, having said that, this Michigan team is extremely old. We have a lot of juniors and seniors and graduates on this team, um, the majority of which played in Lincoln. So they've been in that environment. So I have confidence that they're not going to come into there and the the environment's going to be too big for them. But would I much rather have a road game, say, in Bloomington to start with versus going to Lincoln? Absolutely. But, hey, it's the Big Ten. Once you get into conference play, these games are all tough. And if you, like I said, the goals are what the goals are, you're going to have
3: to win these games. So we might as well start out right with it. So, so let me try to sway you to be even more scared. I don't, I didn't hear any fear in your voice, but uh, JJ McCarthy has been a very good quarterback in his career. Uh, And and on the road, he's done well. Uh, He's had 12 touchdowns and one interception on the road, but you do notice some big drop off his rush yards per carry drops from almost six to under three on the road. His completion percentage falls to under 65%. So you do see that come back. And you've also seen a Michigan offense that has yet to put 40 points on the board. This defense is the strength. You get the home crowd against it, a quarterback, and we'll talk more about JJ in a second, that maybe doesn't play his best ball on the road. Am, am I scaring you at all a little bit? Is it? Is it, uh, hey, is it a little bit more fearful hit your first road trip this year? I mean, I'm not playing the game, so you don't have to
2: scare me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I'm realistic in the sense when JJ yes the numbers you threw out were what the numbers were, but I also understand the quarterbacks more than any position on the field grow so much from year to year and off season to off season. And take the Bowling Green game for where he whatever that was this season he has looked like an entirely different person. And every th- person that I've talked to about him said so that his preparation is absolutely off the charts. So, I mean, I trust this coaching staff. I trust this team and I trust JJ to be in the right head space mentally and for four big games like this. So like I said, you don't have to scare me. I mean, I ain't going to <laughs> play. I'm going to be pissed one way or another at something because I'm a fan and that's just what I do. But I, I trust this coaching staff so much. I really think that Jim has done an amazing job putting the staff together that gets these guys prepared for games.
3: Yeah, so you, you talked about JJ a little bit. Um, year to date, he has t- eight touchdowns, three interceptions, eighty uh, percent completion percentage. But overall, I think a lot of people that had him in the Heisman conversation that has kind of cooled a little bit. How would you evaluate his play through four games?
2: Um, like I said the Bowling Green game notwithstanding. I mean, there, I don't know whether that was just him trying to press and make something out of nothing when things weren't there, or what was going on there he has looked extremely good to me. He's, he's making good reads. He's getting through his progressions, which was a a big knock on him last year was he was, uh, if it wasn't play action and a, a one read thing, he struggled. That's not been the case as much this year. So I think the biggest helper for him in that is that he had a full off season this year. So the year previous, he had a shoulder issue. He didn't throw the entire off season that year before, like all off season, he didn't touch a football. So he's had a full off season to rep with his receivers and the rest of this team. And I think we're seeing that. I mean, he's making, he has made some throws this season already that are their, that their they're competition notwithstanding like these, their NFL level throws where he's looking guys off to open up windows that he needs. So that progression is, it's very comforting to see because it's, you know, JJ came in as a five-star with all the hype and it, at, to that point, he hadn't really been that as far as throwing the ball. And I think we're starting to see it. So his growth, I think, has been the biggest helper for this offense because the running game has struggled. You know, we haven't moved the ball as well as in the past as what we traditionally have been. So his growth, throwing the ball has been massive this year. All
0: right. I, I just want I got a few more offensive questions for you here. Uh, Blake Corum, I think has been everything, what you, what you expected. I mean, 351 yards, 6, 6.05 yards per rush, eight touchdowns. And then Donovan Edwards, he has been, he's the number two guy. He's like that, that that number two punch. But he's only averaging 3.3 yards a carry. He's, I don't know if he's living up to what everybody thought he was going to be. What What's going on with that?
2: Man, that is the million-dollar question in the Michigan fan base. Everybody's asking that question. And depending on what site you subscribe to and who your insiders mm-hmm. are and who you believe, they all have a different story. Um, my personal opinion, I think that he got a little too big for his britches early on in this season. And he came into this season expecting to be the guy and he was going to have all these numbers and he's going to have all these touches. And then Blake decided to come back and that cut right into that. So whether it's an ego thing where it's kind of smacked him back to reality a little bit, or he's pressing too much and trying to make something out of nothing. That That's where I'm at with it. Um, the the athleticism is still there because when they do get him the ball and more of the passing game in space, you see it. So the talent is there. To me, I think it's a little bit too much of Donovan Edwards putting pressure on himself and not just being the elite athlete that he is. We'll see if he can get out of that. I mean, that's some. those are coachable things that – you have to trust a guy like Mike Hart to to be able to get his head back in the right space, but to me it just seems like he's pressing. I think he's putting too much pressure on himself. I think he wants to hit a home run every time, and the home run's not always there. Sometimes it's I, the 6 yard play.
0: Yeah, and I, I just know it shocked me when I looked at uh, Blake, yeah, Blake. Yeah, all Blake of Korma's, Michigan fans too. <laughs> Blake Corum's got all eight touchdowns of anybody gets rushed the ball, and I just I guess I figured there would be more, especially out of Donovanette.
2: And the biggest reason for the touchdown thing is, for some reason, this Michigan team can't score on long runs anymore. It's like if we get down, we get tackled inside the five every time, and Blake's the guy they trust with the ball that he's not going to fumble it. So that's why. He's getting all those carries inside the five because they just run a little wedge and they get big and push the, the defensive front. So that's why those touchdowns are like that. Even late in the game when the games are out of hand, he'll come in for that play. Just on the oh, goal line okay. because they trust him with the ball. I mean, we saw the TCU game last year at the goal line where the, they fumbled the ball. That shit's not going to happen again. Blake is going to have the ball when it matters at the goal line. So.
1: So Donovan Edwards has a little bit of Jeff Sims in him. I, well, fumbling well, tendencies.
2: Um, I don't know that he necessarily has the fumbling tendencies, but I don't think he sees the holes. I think he's just try- I think he's pressing way too much.
1: Interesting.
2: That's my personal opinion. I don't have super connected inside sources. I, I read a lot and I follow some people that I trust and that that's the little bit that I've gotten from it. I think it's, I think it's just him
0: putting too much pressure on himself. All right. So Roman Wilson, well, let's talk about him a little bit here. He's a top receiver, great receiver, uh, 15 receptions on the year, 268 yards, six touchdowns, uh, now my two deep or, or my uh, depth chart has him leading as kickoff returner, but I don't see him with any returns this year. Is this a new thing, or is it, or, or are people just kicking away from him? Well, he was the kickoff returner
2: last year. I honestly don't think that he's been back for kickoff returns this year. But I mean,
0: well, I got I got it off only the been Husker. four or got, five attempts. Yeah, to... I got it off a of Husker site, and they they also put it in their – and an asterisk that uh, Michigan does not put out uh, depth charts. No, so, they don't.
2: Jim Hartball's weird about that. He won't put out anything that
0: he doesn't have. So to. that that site, our site, may have just put him in there just from last year.
2: Um, and I think there'll be a there'll be a big push this year to not have Roman back doing that because of the his problem the last two years is he got hurt both years, yeah. and and it's ironic that both years he got hurt in week five. And they were injuries that lingered the rest of the season that just hindered him the rest of the year. When he, He's showing right now when he's healthy that he is dangerous because the kid is fast. He's not an elite route runner. He doesn't run the crisp routes, but he is a flat-out burner. And they're doing an excellent job of putting him in motion a lot and trying to get him in space early so that it takes away that ability for corners and DBs to jam him at the line. Because he's not a big guy, he, but he is a flat-out burner. And if you give him space, he's going to run away from most people.
1: You got Tyler. I
0: mean, I can go on and on, but (laughs) Tyler, you got anything before I go on? Go for it. All right. Well, uh, let's let's. I I mean, I know you guys got some more receivers, and Cornelius Johnson, and your tight end Colston Loveland's looking good. Uh, But let's move on to the defensive side because there's there's a, a guy on defense that. All Husker fans know all too well. I bet and, they uh, do. He's actually your 3rd leading tackler, which which absolutely shocks me right now, and Ernest Hausman. Uh, how happy are you guys to have that guy on your team
2: right now? Uh, thrilled is not a good enough word. Um, <laughs> linebacker depth for us last year was a major concern. We had one really good one, one okay one, and then everything behind that was like, holy shit. So now we have three linebackers that we can put out there at any point in time and trust 100% to do all of it. And the nice part about Hausman is he can play middle and he can play a little bit more of the outside. He doesn't have to be – he's not pigeonholed to a spot. So it's great because if Colson has to come out, well, now he's the Mike. And now if Barrett comes out, now he's the will. And he's, he's basically been able to just be a heat-seeking missile and kill people, and he's doing an excellent job with it and to me the biggest surprise of him has been how well he's looked in coverage because our defense runs a lot we run a lot of different packages they're not a base, it's not a base defense they're going to throw a lot of different things at you with pattern matching and man-to-man and different zone concepts he's done really well with it for being still a really young guy that was the big surprise for me I mean and I love it glad to glad to know we got him for at least one more year
3: well, so you, you talk about that linebacker room and you talk about them. You guys have done very well against the run this year. You're second in the Big Ten. Um, I, I don't remember who you're behind. Uh, oh, wait, Nebraska, I'm sorry. Uh, I was so, going to say, uh, I, have, I have a hard time believing you don't know who that was. But Yeah, it's like our go-do stat. So Nebraska's done a very good job running the ball. Um, You know, we've done well. So, how I mean, how do you rank that matchup? I mean, it, it's a great defense – up front with you and a team that's done very well running the ball in Nebraska. Like how, I mean, are you going to hold up to that 80 yards per game or do you think this is going to be a little bit of a break for you?
2: Oh, I I mean, 80 yards that, that to me, that's, that's asking way too much. Um, Michigan's defense against the run all starts up front with their front four guys. And unfortunately one of the guys, I don't think is going to play. He broke his hand uh lat the week before and he's going he had surgery he's going to have a club but it sounds like he's going to be out this week and that's sophomore mason graham uh that kid is a monster but the beautiful part about it is we we are deep on the defensive line i mean chris jenkins kenneth grant rashawn benny jalen harrell Braden mcgregor i mean the list goes on and on and on so the defense as far as the run game it starts with those guys because that frees up those linebackers, that frees up Hausman, that frees up Colson to to get into those running lanes. So it's going to be a great, that's going to be a great battle. And when I watch games, I watch the trenches anyways. That's definitely where I'll be focusing when Nebraska has the ball, because if if you guys are able to get a push on that offensive line, that's where this game can start to swing in Nebraska's favor. I like Michigan's defensive line because of the depth and because it's not, you're not relying on four guys. You've got six, seven, eight guys that you can try to keep fresh. And I, and I don't know this, but I'm, I'm on the right podcast to find out. I don't know how much tempo Nebraska does. And I didn't think it, I say, I didn't think it was a lot. And that's great. I love to hear that because that's the one thing that has always plagued Michigan is when teams go tempo, they still try to sub and they get caught with it. So the fact that they're not going to temple a whole lot gives me a little bit more confidence.
1: Kirk. All right. Uh,
0: so I, there's, there's one more guy I kind of want to ask you about. And this is, this is a guy that I want to know if you're a little nervous on him. Uh, if it comes down to special teams, uh, James Turner is three for five on field goals and he's missed an extra point. Now, I don't know how they're missed. I don't know if they've been blocked. I don't know. If he's just missing them, but Nebraska's in the same boat. Like we're not making field goals either. So this could be a battle of the worst here at this point, but the, uh, it's, it's real. This is really
2: difficult because we went from Jake Moody who might be the best kicker in Michigan history last couple of years to, I mean, Turner's been okay. Like you say three or five, he hasn't had a ton of attempts. The extra point he missed was a flat out shank. It was, I mean, he it was bad wasn't, none of them have been blocked and the, the two field goals that he'd missed, he's pulled them. Neither one were pulled terrible. They were close. He's got a good leg. He's, he's hit some, he's hit good balls. So it's a question mark. And if, if last year I felt a hell of a lot better, I don't want this game to come down to a late field goal on the road and have to trust him. Cause I would, I'm, I'm not going to feel confident about that, but I don't think it's a situation where it's like every time he steps out there, I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to miss this. If he's inside of like 40, I feel really good. When you start getting to those distances and he actually has to put a leg into it, that's where it gets a little more nervous. But I don't want this game coming down to a field goal at the end because, yes, I will be extremely nervous at that point.
1: All right. I want to get everybody involved here. So I want to ask you, Jordan, I'll ask you first, how do you see Nebraska matching up to Michigan on Saturday?
2: Uh, well, I think defensively, we know what Nebraska wants to do. They're going to start. They're going to try to stop the run. And I think most teams this year have shown that if they load the box up, they can do it. This offensive line that Michigan has isn't what it's been the past few years where it's just like, it will physically dominate a team. There's some holes there and there's, there's been some issues. So I fully expect Nebraska to load up and say, you're not going to run the ball and say, JJ, are you good enough to pick the secondary apart and beat them? And I have to trust him. I have to feel confident in him to do that. Uh, when you get to uh, offensively, for me, mobile quarterbacks in Michigan, it's just like it's a nightmare for me. We, we always struggle defending mobile quarterbacks. So if they can get the, the running game going with more of the option looks that they've shown with Harburg and he gets his legs going, that's a recipe that I don't like because, like I said, the history of just not defending him well. I mean, it's back as long as I can remember. So I want to see good eye discipline from our defense and not get caught looking in places they shouldn't be. The, the the amazing thing, or the, I guess not amazing thing, that's the wrong word. But the thing to me that's ironic is these two teams are both good at doing the same thing. They both like to run the ball and they both like to stop the run. So to me, then it comes down to hat on hat, man on man, who's going to win? And I, I like those eyes
1: for Michigan. Tyler, how about you? How do you see Nebraska matching up to Michigan?
3: Well, I, yeah, I think you know you mentioned it well. Um, infamously, at this point, uh, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jordan, but I think the last time you played a three-three-five was against TCU. Uh, JJ McCarthy, I don't want to say struggled in that game, but had two pick-sixes. I think Tony White's two really defense, bad throws. Two really bad throws. I, I'm interested to see what Tony White's defense does. I think. I mean, you want to talk about the MVP of Nebraska? I think you could give it to Tony White as a coach. I mean, he has oh, transformed this defense. Uh, you know, we we've given up some yards against in passing, certainly, but I think you look at Louisiana Tech last week. Half the yards came in the fourth quarter. I mean, there's been a lot of garbage time yards, and obviously Colorado got us in the second half, and Sanders has done that to a lot of people. So I, I, I do think Nebraska is going to have uh going to try to stop the run. I don't know how successful we're going to be. I actually think we're going to match up okay in the pass game on Saturday. I think Tony White could do enough to maybe throw J.J. off a little bit. Uh, I don't expect necessarily two pick sixes, but I I do think it's going to be a struggle. On offense, I mean, this is where it gets ugly for Nebraska. I don't know if we're going to be able to run the ball against Michigan. Um, I certainly don't think we're going to be able to pass the ball in Michigan. So I, I think the question is, can our defense make enough plays to put us in a position to have short fields? Derek, how about you? Well, I'm going to start off with... uh, We talked about this earlier with Jeff Sims
0: and the turnover issues. Uh, Henrik Harburg has not really had those turnover issues. I get it's been been against uh, lesser opponents. But a lot of the issues that Jeff Sims was having wasn't because of the opponent. They were just his faux pas. I mean, it was just bad. So I, I think... Harburg will will continue to hold on to the ball well. I I'm with Tyler. I don't know if we can run the ball a lot on Michigan, but I do see us breaking some fairly big runs with with Harburg and maybe Anthony Grant. But ultimately, I it's going to be tough. And Nebraska's defensive side. I Tyler, you talk about Tony White being the MVP. I, I'm giving it to uh, Terrence Knighton because this defensive line is. Completely made a 180 compared to last year, and there's a lot of young guys on there that are playing really good ball. There's some veterans that are they're playing good ball, and I mean Ty Robinson hasn't been what we thought he would be, but Nash Hutmaker has been everything and more that we thought he could be. Cam Lenhart's come on strong, and I I, I believe he'll be healthy this weekend. Yeah, it sounds like he's gonna be able to play. And him and Blaze Gunnerson are two I, I think I Blaze Gunnerson probably had his best game against Louisiana Tech. I get it's, it's a Louisiana fabulous Tech.
2: football name by the way, Blaze Gunnerson. Oh, I it love is. it. Great it football is.
0: name. It is. It re- really uh, is. so so I think our defensive line can can stop the run. My question is for for Nebraska is can we stay on the field offensively long enough to not wear this defense down? And that's where I think it becomes probably our biggest problem.
1: So Luke Reimer uh, he's questionable also for the game. So that scares me as well. I mean, I think we got some pretty good linebackers there, but, you know, you need your leader back there, the linebacker, and the way that Michigan plays, I mean, that's it's going to be brutal. So he's going to be missed if he can't go. Uh, so
3: that's so something can, to keep on. Can I ask you guys, and I, I think, Jordan, you kind of tipped this, I know who we all want to be the starter. Do you think Harburg's going to start? 'Cause I'll be honest, right now, I don't think so. I if you ask me like, hey, it's close. It's fifth, but I think I think Jeff Sims is gonna start. I I, I feel like the coaches wanna go with him. It, I I, I, don't I don't know.
1: I mean, listen to Satterfield today, it sounds like he's still a little bit he's still not a hundred percent. I
3: I know. I just but I feel like last week they were tipping the hand that he was ready and then they said he wasn't last minute. And I feel like this week it's kind of reversed. They're like, uh, oh, we don't know and I, I just think in this game, probably the second biggest game of the year for Nebraska. I think Colorado was the biggest uh, because of the slot and the eyes on the game. This is going to be probably our second most watched game of the year with Michigan coming to town. I I think I, whether he plays the whole game, I don't know. Whether he plays the whole first half, I don't know. But I, I if I had to put a lot of money on it, I think I'd go with Jeff Sims be the starter on Saturday.
2: Is, is Harvard, I thought I heard that
3: Harvard was banged up a little bit. Is that true? He's, he's so, back to practice. He's, he's he
1: fine
3: back. back. He's back. OK. So th- this all counted for after the rain delay, he did not come back out. And he was and I don't know. He was sore. I mean, he had 18 carries week before 21 okay. care. I mean, so he's been running the ball a lot and he goes and sits down for 30 minutes, 45 minutes. I'm guessing he was pretty sore after that. So that's what I had kind of counted to. to. I think if the game was still in the line, if we needed him, I I don't know. I mean, no one's told me this, but I think he could have played. I think he was just kind of beat up at that point, and there was no real need to put him in the game. I can tell you as a Michigan fan,
2: if I hear that Jeff Sims is starting, I am I am laying
0: 18 points. <laughs> I so will the, bet that. So I, the line I, I'll is, bet with you. I, I will empty my betting account on that if Jeff Sims is starting. I, I, I just
2: think that his that, history that turning was, the ball over is not a good recipe against this defense.
0: And, and that's what, that's what drives me nuts with people. There's a Nebraska fans that still think he's this guy. And I'm like, for four years, he has turned this ball over. Maybe not to the extent that he did in the two games at Nebraska, but he's known to turn the ball over, right? There's a reason he is the active leader in turnovers in the big 10. Like he he's just, he is what he is. And I, he's a great athlete. I think, I think. He has an upside to him, but if you can't hold on to the ball, that upside does me no good.
1: So Jordan, you mentioned the line, 18 points. I've seen it anywhere from 17 to 18. Is there anything that scares you about Nebraska that they could keep it within that 17 or 18 points?
2: I think like I said, with Harburg's legs, if they can if they can establish him running the ball and keep stay on the field and extend drives. I, I honestly think that Rule's going to want to muck this game up and make it a short game and low possessions and running the ball, both teams doing that. I think it sets up for that. Um, 18 points is a lot of points in a road, big 10 game like, and, and against a, a team like Nebraska. That's not like, this isn't last year's Nebraska team where it was, it was in shambles from everything with frost. This team is a lot better. This defense is a lot better. That's a lot of points for a game like that. So, I, th- I think that number might be a little high, and I think that's why you're seeing it trend down a little bit. But um, like I said, but if Sims plays now, that that changes my mind a little bit because it's just because of the turnover prone. I mean that that's so big in games like this. You can't afford to give the ball away two or three times in a game like this.
1: Tyler refuses to bet against Nebraska in any scenario. It doesn't matter if it was uh, Minnesota. Or I'm sorry, Michigan was three point favorites, and Jeff Sims was starting. He would still not take Michigan
3: hundred percent you bet against your own team. There's a special place in hell for people like that. <laughs> see now i, I gamble JTL's with my charged. brain
2: and I, I gamble with my brain and I talk with my heart so
1: right. so Jordan, ultimately, how do you see this game playing out on Saturday
2: um I, I, I mean I think I've said a lot of it throughout this i see low possession lower scoring game i mean the over under like 41 right now i think that's a pretty solid number i i don't see this game getting out of hand in either direction i don't think this is a game where you see michigan's offense just all of a sudden explode and put up 40 some points because i think nebraska's defense is too good for that i don't think they're going to i don't think they're going to all that that's just not something i see i mean i could see us pop one or two plays maybe but i don't think this gets in to a horse race. So I see low possessions. I see low scoring. I I'm very tempted to bet the under in the game. Um, I, yeah. And I think that that, I think that plays to Nebraska's favor, honestly, but I think that Jim Harbaugh has been content with, we're just going to run our offense. We're going to, we don't care about having 75 plays in a game. He doesn't care about it. He's going to run his stuff and he's going to run at his pace So I see low low possessions, low scoring. I think, Like I said, I think 18 is a little too much. So I could see Nebraska covering that number, but I do feel confident in
3: Michigan going out
2: there and getting a win.
3: Tyler,
1: how do you see this game playing out?
3: I think through the first three quarters, I think it's going to be a very low scoring uh, game. I think going into the fourth quarter, it's going to be a one possession game. Uh, It wouldn't shock me to see Nebraska tied or in the lead going into the fourth. I think what happens is Michigan's offensive line starts to wear down Nebraska. I think Blake Corum starts to re- wear down the linebackers, especially if Luke Reimer cannot play. Um, and then when we need to make a, pa- a play in the air, I just don't think we're capable of doing it. And I don't think it matters who's the quarterback. I just don't think we're capable of making that play late in the game. Uh, so I, I think it's going to be a four-quarter game. I I just don't think we have the horses, especially in the passing game, to make the play when we need to. To be able to uh, pull it out. Derek, I mean, I, I think both these guys have said everything I
0: can say. Uh, I I do see this being a game, especially by halftime. I think this is a very low scoring game. Uh, I, I do th- I think Michigan probably scores some points in the fourth quarter and probably gets a lot of yards in the fourth quarter where Nebraska probably does wear down. Uh, I think Harburg's gonna ha- continue to have a fairly big game. I do think he's gonna start. I think he'll get some rush yards. I'm not afraid of him passing. I don't think we'll be able to pass a ton, but I. I but I'll say this: like Rutgers had a decent time passing against uh, Michigan last week for a short time, and their their pass offense is no better than what ours is. They're ranked about the same, so maybe there's a possibility that Nebraska could find a way to get some passing yards in. But
1: find that busted play. Yeah,
0: maybe.
2: I wasn't going to say it. I mean, there was 70 yards on one play where the DB fell down, but you know.
0: And, and and I and I will say this. I I think Thomas Fedoni is coming into his own. And I do think Good he player. Will be, he's I a do hell think player. I, and I think you guys will struggle with him a little bit if we can get him to the ball. He's a hell of a player. That was somebody Michigan wanted bad in the recruiting process. He was he's a hell of a player. He's a great player. And he's really coming into his own finally.
1: So you guys are way different than me. I don't see this being much of a game, really. I, With Nebraska's offense, I don't know how they're ever going to move the ball against this Michigan defense. Not mean, not in any meaningful manner. We're a one-trick pony. We can run the ball with the quarterback, a little bit with the running back, and I don't know if that's we're going to do that against this Michigan defense. I think that's going to lead to a lot of short fields for Michigan. I mean, I think it... It could be a one-possession score in the second quarter, but <laughs> to start, but I, I don't see Nebraska really hanging in there in the second half. I Ooh. just, Ooh. I, I don't, I don't. It's nothing that I've seen out of this offense leads me to think that we can move the ball against a defense of this caliber. We struggled against Louisiana Tech. Uh, we, we ran for a lot of yards. When it comes down to getting in the end zone, of course penalties come in there. But Louisiana Tech—they were supposed supposed to be a joke defense, and we still struggled.
3: Well, we we did. Or Illinois. No mean, anything? Well, I mean, I so look, let me ask this, Jordan. So when you went into the year, I mean, I'm assuming you had Michigan a pretty good record. But I don't know what you officially did, but if you had to pick a prototype game for Michigan to drop in September, October, like. Like to me, if there is going to be an upset, this seems like a spot where Michigan could be had. Like just from a hey, it's on the road, hostile environment, team with a good team, but not a great team that's gonna play up like it's their Super Bowl. Um, it just seems like this this could be a spot. I don't you're not gonna trip up you you have Penn State prepared. You have Michigan State, you know. Like I just feel like this is the prototype of if Michigan is gonna drop one, why not Nebraska?
2: And the biggest reason I'm going to say why not is exactly what Justin was saying is, I mean, what, what the beginning of the year, my biggest concern was our secondary and teams being able to pick on that a little bit and the inability to throw the ball here. That's the only reason that I feel, like I said, it's, if it's a one trick pony, you're only trying to run the ball. That really plays into what Michigan's good at. So, but you're not Wrong in what you said. Otherwise, going on the road to an environment like Lincoln, if JJ turns the ball over a couple times, like he did against Bowling
0: Green, this that changes this entire complexion of this game. I'll say. I'll also say this: up until last week, I I didn't even text my fellow boys here. Uh, that this felt like it almost could be a trap game for Michigan until until Minnesota decided to be I don't know the worst team in the Big Ten and lose to Northwest. <laughs> <laughs> that was man. That was mind blowing last week. It really was. That was that was an epic collapse. It really was. I mean, if if Minnesota plays that game, the way they started that game and and finish it out, and it, it, I, I think there's a possibility you could look past Nebraska and go, oh, we got this Minnesota team. They're decent, and and maybe look past Nebraska. But with, with Minnesota being a crap team too, it just I think that took all the chances of a trap game out. So you're not wrong.
1: My take you know, last, uh, last weekend, early on, early on in the Michigan-Ruggers game, after Ruggers hit that long TD to start the game off, and I'm like, holy shit, you know, I was like, and then, you know, Ruggers had a little bit of success there. I was like, if Michigan, if they struggle against Ruggers and Nebraska handles uh, Louisiana Tech like they're supposed to, there could be real talk of upset in Lincoln headed into this game. I think that would really change for everything. Then we saw the result <laughs> of both games, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah." Now I'm back to uh, square one where I was before. But
0: yeah, but you forget that that Louisiana Tech game could have been easily 42 to seven, as much as easy as it was 28-14. Yeah, we had two touchdowns called back that we ended up punting the ball on. Uh, then you got the rain delay, and I don't know what happened after that rain delay because we came out completely flat, offensively and defensively, after that rain delay.
1: I do think we would have covered. Had it not been for the rain delay.
0: I
2: would have appreciated that, just saying.
1: Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I promise, yeah. All right, George, do you have a bold prediction for this game?
2: Um whew, a bold prediction. That's 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 tough. I think my my the boldest prediction I can have is I do think this game is going to be close. I'm a little bit more with Tyler. I, I think this game is close later in the game than what most Michigan fans at least expect it to be. I think a lot of Michigan fans are expecting to come in and have this kind of look a lot like the Rutgers game. And I don't think that's going to be the case going on the road. So my bold prediction, I think would be this game is a lot closer going into the fourth quarter than a lot
3: of people are expecting.
1: Okay. Tyler, your bold prediction.
3: I think Thomas Fidoni's streak of touchdowns continues one more week. I think he gets a touchdown this week, makes it four weeks in a row getting in the end zone. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm going to go with a bold prediction of him scoring again.
1: Okay. Derek?
0: I don't know if you want to call this bold prediction, but I, I'm going to say Nebraska outrushes Michigan in this game.
1: Really? That's, okay. that's bold. That is really I, I, bold.
0: That's definitely bold. Well, that's the only thing we can do. and I We are good at stopping the run, so I, I, think, I think Nebraska will outrush him.
1: Okay. So – Tyler, my, my bold prediction is also Fedoni. I think he's going to lead Nebraska in receptions and in uh, receiving yards. I think uh, he's going to be a good target. I think we're going to be playing from behind for a lot of this game, so we are we are going to have to pass a bit. And I think Fedoni's athletic enough to be open. I think he could uh, be mismatched there potentially. I mean, let's be real. There's not a lot of good skill uh, there's not a lot of good talent at the wide receiver position. It's very lackluster. Fedoni is it. So uh, g- give me Fedoni leading receptions. I'll, I'll, so, I'll
0: give you a second bold prediction just for shits and giggles. Malachi Coleman will get his first reception as a Husker.
1: Okay. My original bold prediction was going to be Nebraska scores a touchdown. But well, I had not- one
2: that I was thinking about throwing out there too, but I actually don't believe it, but I was going to say Nebraska's streak of not being shut out ends, but you know, yeah. I wasn't I don't truly believe that, but I was going to throw that in there as a jab. I've seen it going around Twitter a lot today where it's like 9,000 something days or since they've been shut out. I was going to throw it out
0: there. It was, it was it was Arizona State in 1996 we lost 19 to nothing. Yeah. Now, it's going around Twitter today for some reason. I don't know why
2: why today is the day? But I saw it. And I thought, man, that could be my bold prediction. But I don't truly believe that, so I can't. I can't say that if I don't believe it. So,
1: Tyler, do you remember when uh Nebraska was getting shut out by Oklahoma, and uh, Bill Callahan <laughs> kicked the field goal at the, the famous, end of the game just the famous, not to get shut out?
0: The, fa- the famous hillbillies. <laughs> Sad <laughs> field goals for the win.
1: <laughs> it was great. uh Jordan, do you have a score prediction you want to offer us?
2: So I, I'm I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to balk on a score prediction because we're recording for the eyes on big tomorrow. Right.
1: Yep. So
2: oh, I will tell you that I think 18 points is too much. I think this game is closer than that in the end. Um, and if you want to get my true score prediction, you'll have to listen to the eyes on big to get it tomorrow. We're recording tomorrow night. So I, I got to hold off for that one. But like I said, I think 18 points is too much. I think this game is a little bit closer than that in the end. Great for- plug
3: for the show. And veteran move right there. Jeffrey, the Greek taught you well. Very much so. Uh, he, he, may, he may have plugged that a little bit. A little bit. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I, again, I kind of tip my hat. I I really wanted to pick Nebraska. I thought, like, man, about 4 o'clock today, I, I want El Prez to struggle. I want that emergency press conference after the game, him bl- blowing up about them losing. I just don't think it's going to happen. Um. Michigan hasn't really scored a lot this year. I don't think they're going to start. I'm going to go Michigan 24 and Nebraska 13.
1: That's pretty close. Derek? All right.
0: I I think this is a very low-scoring affair. I think heading into the fourth quarter, this is a one-possession game. Uh, ultimately, I don't think we're going keep up with them in the fourth quarter. I think they run away with it a little bit more. I'll go 28-7, Nebraska. Nebraska or no. I'm sorry. Michigan.
1: Damn. Right. Hell yeah.
0: No, somebody, sorry. somebody clip that and make a drop out of it. <laughs> I misspoke. I misspoke. I, I'm the TJ butcher shop today. But
1: There's only one. Oh man. You got a franchise going on there, Tyler, for TJ's <laughs> yeah. butcher shop.
3: Damn right.
1: Okay. So I am obviously opposite of all you guys. I don't think this is going to be close. I think Nebraska gets a late score in the fourth quarter to make it, uh, To make it this score, uh, 34-10 Michigan. Hey,
2: I'll I'll sign up for years any day of the week. I'll take that and be happy.
1: Yeah, yeah. We will see. So, Jordan, before we get you out of here, I want to know what are your true expectations for Michigan at the end of the year?
2: So, beginning of the year, we did the little preview on the Eyes on Big, and I was adamant that this is not a national championship or bust type of season. That's a lot of that's a lot of the talk amongst Michigan fan bases. I will say, with the talent that this team has and the experience that they have, I expect to be in the playoff. And not being in the national championship game to me would be a disappointment for this team. So I have high expectations, but I think they're very warranted based on the progression that this team has had and the amount of experience they have. So if we're not playing on that final Monday night of the season, I personally will be disappointed. I'm not going to say I, we, I, I get, will we should say this. win it because that's just hard to predict. you know.
0: I will say this. Ultimately, at the start of the season, I had Michigan an easy shoe-in for the playoff. Uh, unless the Big Ten makes two teams, I'm not so sure you guys are going to get past Penn State as much as I thought you were. Because Penn State looks like the real deal right now. On the road.
2: That's going to be a tough one. Happy Valley is a tough environment. It absolutely is.
1: Yeah, Nebraska will find a way to make Michigan look like world beaters again. Boo!
2: Sign me up. I'm in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wearing a yellow shirt. I promise I'm not. It's Maze. So, maze, whatever. Come that's on, not... you guys are in
2: the Corn Belt. You know all about that.
1: Yeah, that's Maze isn't in my crayon box. <laughs> All right, Uh, Jordan, let everybody know how they can follow you and the Eyes on Big podcast.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on Twitter. It's J.W. Eggleston7, um, and follow the Eyes on Big podcast. It's at Eyes on Big. We we do a preview every week of all the Big Ten games. We talk Nebraska. We talk everybody in the West and the East every week, give our predictions against the spread straight up, and then we do uh, a post view on Sundays that, Give our thoughts on what we saw from the week. So if you guys uh need something else to listen to, go follow the eyes on big pod. Me and Jeffrey the Greek have uh started working together this year, and I think we're I think we're hitting it off pretty well.
1: So yeah. Love the show. Love the show. You guys do great work. So Jordan, thank you so much for joining us and uh putting up with our antics tonight. We had a blast, I promise you. So we look forward to talking to you again.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys.
0: All right, hey, go big start. red.
1: Go- no. <laughs> Alright, now it is time for games of the week against the spread. Guys, we suck at this. Well, I'm I'm sorry. Me and Tyler suck at this. <laughs> we all sucked at this last week. So uh before we get into the games of the week this week, let's uh break down what happened last week. I went one three and one. Tyler, you went uh one three and one. Derek, you went two, two, and one. Uh, so, not not. I'm exactly. okay with that. It's, What's it's that? It's about
0: even. I'm okay with that. It's about
1: even. Yeah, you're, you're fine on the year. Uh, me and Tyler, we are in the poorhouse here right now. So, just, just fade us. So, headed into this week, uh, we got some... Pretty good games. I'll be excited to watch them. And it starts off on Friday. We have a top 25 matchup. Number 10, Utah. At number 19, Oregon State. Oregon State is minus three and a half. Derek. All right.
0: I th- This was a tough game. Uh, I-, I like Utah. I-, I almost like Utah to maybe win this game. So I'm going to go Utah. I-, I-, I think Oregon State got exposed a little bit last week against Washington State.
1: That was a beatdown, Utah- wasn't it?
0: Yeah, U- Utah's got a great defense. I think they can slow Oregon down, Oregon State down, and I think Utah easy in this one.
1: Tatter.
3: Yeah, I- I'm with you on the Utah. I mean, if you look at Utah's blemish for the year, I mean, it would definitely be that Baylor game. Um, you know, the beating Florida looks better and better with Florida's big victory a couple weeks ago. Um, I think Utah is just a better team. Oregon State is a good team. I mean, I, I-, I get why it's a close game, but I think. Utah wins outright. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if this is an easy cover, so I'm going to go Utah. All
1: right, so I'm just kind of looking at this. Last week, we all uh, went... uh, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting here. Uh, Help me out. We all went Notre Dame, and that was a push. The week before, we all went Tennessee, and that was a loss. I'm going Utah also because uh, based off of their defense... So this is either going to be a push or loss just by uh, reason. At
0: three and a half, it's not going to be a push. Oh,
1: you're, you're right. You're right. Good job. So it's a loss. <laughs> but, yeah, I like Utah in this game. Derek, you were talking about that game. That was a fun game to watch, by the way, especially if you were an better like I was. Uh, Oregon State, Washington State. Washington State, they are a really good team. They really are. I thought well, that not word good. That Cam Ward's probably...
0: Easily top 10 quarterback in the country, I think. He's a good quarterback. Yeah.
1: Uh, Number six, USC, minus 21 and a half at Colorado. Tyler. We can't hear you, Tyler.
3: My lone victory last week was Colorado. Uh, But I think Colorado got embarrassed. I think Coach Prime gets those guys up. This is a big game for them. I, I don't think they win, but I think that their offense moves it better. I think they kind of get a little bit of mojo back, and that's a lot of points. So I'm going to go with Colorado covering. Do you think
1: that they're going to feel disrespected in this game for any reason?
3: I I think that they a hundred percent feel disrespected. I don't know why, but because they, they got feel their asses beat by Oregon last week. They got embarrassed by Oregon last week. Yeah,
0: Derek. And that's why they were exposed. USC's defense is playing better than what I ever anticipated. USC's defense look with with uh, Lincoln Riley there. Uh, USC's just playing good ball. I mean, Caleb Williams is fairly unstoppable. He's going to tear this just Colorado defense up. I, I think USC covers.
1: I do too. I really do. I
0: and I and I refuse to lose a bet on Colorado two weeks in a row.
1: I was not impressed with what Colorado put out there last week. I know they're at home and apparently Boulder, according to some people is a a crazy environment to play in, but I, I like USC. I think Colorado. Well,
0: I'll say it. I think it was a crazy place to play in, but I think the winds got taken out of those that sail a lot after last week.
1: Yeah, I hope so. Uh, so give me USC number 24, Kansas at number three, Texas. Let's see if Kansas can be spoilers again. Uh, Texas is 16 and a half point favorites. Derek.
0: All right. So while Texas, I do believe wins this game. I maybe they even win somewhat comfortably. It's not going to be by 16 and a half though. Kansas, Kansas is a good team. I, I firmly believe Kansas has a great defense, a good defense, and a great offense. And uh, I I, just, I struggle to see Texas completely slowing down Kansas. Kansas will score some points. I, I, I I'm going with Kansas to cover, but I think I think Texas probably wins.
3: Okay, Tanner. Well, I, I'm going to go Texas in this game. I mean, Texas' offense is. Far exceeding anything I would have expected. I I don't think Kansas defense is going to do anything to slow him down. I think Kansas's offense maybe comes back down to reality a little bit. I do think they're good. Uh, I just think that I could see this being a twenty-one point victory. I think Texas wins comfortably. Uh, game I probably not betting. Uh, this is probably the most stay away of the weekend for me of all the games we're picking. But because I, I just it is a lot of points. I would never bet that many points on. Uh, favorite but i i i do if i had a pick i would go texas in this one
1: Derek, i'm on the side with you as kansas is it crazy to think that kansas might have the best offense that texas has played this year texas beat alabama but is it crazy no. to think that kansas is has a better offense than alabama
0: kansas has a way better be- offense than alabama alabama's offense isn't that good this year I mean their offensive line is really struggling. The quarterback's and struggling. It, the quarterback struggling. I think the quarterback struggles a lot come a lot with the offensive line. But at, at any rate, I mean Kansas their offense looks top notch. I mean it's it's not the best in the country, but it's up there. And they got like I said, they got a defense that complements it pretty well.
1: Yeah. Tyler, you kind of cringed when I said that. Is that that far off base?
3: I mean, I they might have the best offense they played. I, They don't have the best defense that they played. I think Bama's defense is clearly better. Uh, we're about to talk about a team that Alabama beat last week, which was a pretty impressive victory. Um, so, I, I mean, I, not crazy the best offense.
1: All right, let's talk about that team you're alluding to. Number 13, LSU, minus two and a half at number 20, Ole Miss. Tyler.
3: I. I'm still buying Lane Kiffin and this team. I think that last week was a really bad loss for them. I think they really wanted that victory. I think they come out fired up. Um, I I have been high on Ole Miss to start the year. I continue to be high on them. LSU barely eked out a victory last week against Arkansas. Um, I mean, they they got their asses kicked week one against Florida State. I don't know what really LSU is. I'm going to go Ole Miss winning this. And covering,
1: Ole Miss. Okay, Derek. I I hate I always
0: hate to agree with Tyler because I know it means I'm probably losing. But <laughs> <laughs> but but I do like Ole Miss. I, I I don't know if I like them to win the game. Maybe maybe I don't know. It's they're at home. LSU hasn't overly impressed me. I I think Ole Miss is probably the better team in this game. I they definitely cover.
1: Okay. So I am opposite of you guys. Uh, I do have LSU winning. uh, I think, uh, well, not only winning covering, so I'm taking them to cover. I think that game against Arkansas, I'm not buying, I'm not going to read too much into that. I think uh, LSU is a lot better than what they displayed against Arkansas, and they will cover against uh, Ole Miss. All right, this is this is a game that I'm super excited about. Derek, we were high on Notre Dame this year. But Duke, holy crap. This is an, an extremely interesting team. They are really good at football this year. Who would have ever thought that Duke is good at football? But number 11, Notre Dame, minus 5.5, on the road at number 17, Duke. Derek, what are you looking at here? Well...
0: There's a couple things here. I, first off, I think reality is about to slap Duke in the face. Uh, I, I think Notre Dame's going to come in this game pissed off the way they lost that game last week. Notre Dame's far above a better team, uh, talent wise. I, I, I think Notre Dame's going to go in and win this game, and I, I I believe they will cover pretty easily.
3: All right. Yeah, i'm with i'm with Derek on this one i think this is redemption saturday the the, the playoff is not closed for notre dame uh, a loss to ohio state is not going to kill them at the end of the year but what they need to start doing is making up style points and you know it's kind of crazy to say this but this is one of the best opportunities notre Dame's going to have to put a statement on the board for the rest of the year um so them going out and winning this i mean with the exception of usc this is their next biggest game left on their schedule I think they come out there fired up. I think they actually play eleven guys on defense, which might help them. I don't know. I'm not crazy. I mean, maybe I'm crazy. Eleven guys might help win a game, but uh, Justin, you don't seem to think that's funny. So either you don't get the joke or it didn't land. But Notre Dame did not play eleven guys when Ohio State won. They only had ten guys on the field. Um, oh, you know will, that,
1: that joke went right over my head. Actually,
3: yeah, yeah. They they only had ten, two plays in a it row. Was a, it, it was two plays in a row. And actually, it was
0: technically like three plays in a row, I believe, because there was a penalty. Yeah, and and,
3: that, and, the, and the and the coach said he didn't want to put another guy in because he didn't want to give up that half yard. I don't know. Maybe not the right decision. Uh, legal formation. I don't even know if that's actually happening because I'm pretty sure Ohio State sub. Doesn't matter. Notre Dame actually plays 11 guys. Hartwell plays well. I think Notre Dame rolls in this game. Who Who plays well? You heard me. He's going back to Hastings to Hartwell Park.
1: <laughs> this segment was brought to you by TJ's Butcher Shop. That would be Sam Hartman, not Hartwell. That's why I said Hartman. <laughs> All right, I am definitely opposite of you guys here. I, I do think Notre Dame wins the game. But I'm I'm really intrigued by this uh, Duke team. They seem to have it going on offense. They seem to have it going on defense. That 28-7 win over uh, Clemson. It's looking pretty darn good right now. And uh
0: They beat a two and two team.
1: I don't care. I don't care.
3: <laughs> I mean they, they, I, I they, just I They beat a by I, one of the Florida I, I, State did. They they, they crushed a the two and two team. They did. They crushed did. them.
0: But I, I just I think I think Notre Dame's gonna come out pretty pissed off in this game. I I feel bad for Duke, because they're gonna get all of the revenge that Notre Dame's going to want.
1: I was surprised at how good of Duke's defense is this year, though, so far. Granted, they haven't been playing. They're so, playing good ball.
0: Yeah. And I don't think this is going to be a blowout. But if, if if Notre Dame wins by a touchdown, it's not going to. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Like,
1: Okay. Yeah. But that covers. Again, I, mean, I it's, think Notre it's five Dame and a does half. win, but I think it's going to be less than one possession, so. Uh, I will err on the side of the home team here, so give me Duke. So, all right, that is it.
0: Well, Tyler, you have a chance to take a bigger lead on Justin.
1: You do? Yep. I mean, we I don't know if we agreed on – no, we, we agreed on Utah. That is the only one. So there's going to be some separation. All that to say we're going to split the other two and we're going to be exactly the same where we were before. <laughs> so – all right, guys, uh, let's get out of here. Let's uh, let's pray for the Huskers. Let's uh, get a big win here. Yeah, right. Uh, special thanks to our producer, Connor Russell, for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuscast on Twitter, at Husker Custcast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, and don't forget to rate and review. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening, and as always, go big red.